I've been ready to preach at MAG for... Man, when I was preparing to preach in, in Africa, I was thinking, I'm ready to preach at MAG. No kidding. I wasn't, I wasn't homesick yet, but my, but my heart, I do a lot of things, but my heart was right here, ready to preach at MAG Church. What a privilege it is. I'm ready. My friend Dane Hall says it's as natural for a preacher to preach as a goose to go barefoot. I don't know what that means, but that's what we say in Arkansas, and we seem to understand it. <laughs> Paul said, as much as it is in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready. That's Romans chapter 1. <laughs> we're going to turn to two places this morning. We're going to look at Luke chapter 18, and then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11. Luke chapter 18. Matthew chapter 11. Luke chapter 18 is known as the parable of the unjust judge. And while it's not my text today, it will lay some groundwork to what we want to say to the people of God, to the church today. Luke chapter 18, beginning of verse 1, we're going to read quickly. It says, And he, this Jesus, spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not faint. He just told you the reason for the parable, that men ought to always pray and not faint. Saying there was a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me. What's he saying? Because she won't let up. Because she won't quit. Because she doesn't stop. Because she keeps coming back. Because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she wearies me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust just says. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night to him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Matthew chapter 11. I was going to try to abbreviate this right here for the sake of time, but we're just going to read. If I'll read quick, if you'll listen fast. It says that it came to pass when Jesus had made an end to commanding his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and to preach to their cities. And now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. This is John the Baptist that he's speaking of. And he said to him, Are you he that shall come, or do we need to look for another? Oh, we can't stay there very long. But we're talking about the one with the spirit of Elijah. 
The one that the last verses of the old covenant said that he will come and he will turn the hearts of the children back to their father and to the father back to the children. We're talking about the one that was prophesied that would be a voice crying in the wilderness. He, we were talking about the one who would span the covenants and that he would make the way for the living God. And he finds himself in prison and discouraged and asking of the Lord himself, are you he or shall we look for another? John was a human being <laughs> that needed reassurance from the king of kings. Jesus scolded him, rebuked him, and told him he needed to have chosen another prophet. No, sir. <laughs> Not at all. It says, and Jesus answered and said to them, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And be blessed is and, and blessed is he who whosoever shall not be offended by me. And as they departed, began, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? Nobody goes to see a wimp. Did you hear that? Jesus asked him a question. Why did you go out into the wilderness to see him? Did you go to see a shaken reed? Absolutely not. Have you ever bought a ticket to see a wimp? Have you ever, have you ever traveled, spent money, uh, uh, gone on purpose to see somebody be, be shaken and timid and scared? Have you? He's talking to the people about John. He said, what brought you to the wilderness to see a shaken reed? <laughs> But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in a soft raiment? Behold, they, wear, they that wear soft clothing are from the king's houses. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send a messenger before your face, which will prepare you the way before you. Verily I say to you, among them, are among them that are born of women, there is not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> Verily I say to you, for from the days of John the Baptist until now. Let's read 11 again and 12. Verily I say to you, among them that are born of women, there is not a risen greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is in the least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What's he saying? John the Baptist was, Jesus called him the greatest prophet. He's the one that was said, was said that would come with the spirit of Elijah. Everett John's entire ministry was written into the New Testament, but he was of the Old Covenant. But the kingdom of God was at hand. That was his message. The kingdom of, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand.
And he says that the least of the kingdom of God are going to be greater than John the Baptist. He was talking, about, he was talking to, the, to us. He was talking about us. He was talking to the church. He was talking to the one who got the benefit of the risen Savior. He, he said, John was the great. He came with the spirit of Elijah. But I am telling you that whenever, that, that he will be the least among those who are in the kingdom. We don't even know who we are anymore. I'll tell you today, you better let, get in the word of God and let the word of God define who you are. Because if you don't define who you are, the world is going to define who you are for you. They will try to cause you to believe that standing for what true makes you a zealot, that makes you, that makes you radical, that makes you an extremist, that makes you dangerous. But the Word of God says that you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. I want to tell you that the world doesn't even understand what the presence of the church is, holds back in this world. If, if you think it's bad now, wait till the church is gone. We don't even understand who we are. When we, when we were singing that Charity Gale song earlier, when I first time I ever heard that, and it got, I loved the whole song that it got to, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Over and over. And I thought, oh, it kind of gets on my nerves. And then I started realizing what, I, what it was saying. And I began to understand the truth that it was conveying. I am who I am because the I am defines me. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. You better make up your mind who you are because the world will have a definition for you every three weeks. What they celebrate you for, you for today, they will fire you for tomorrow. That is the insanity of, of a mindset that doesn't understand the truth of who God is and doesn't have an absolute biblical foundation, that doesn't have an absolute biblical worldview, that doesn't know that there's a rock that you can stand on, that there's a truth that you can hide in, that there is a place that you can be, that, will, that you can walk in victory no matter what goes on in the world around you. You better decide who you are because the Word says who you are. It says that he was the great, the great prophet, but it said he will be the least of those which are in the kingdom. Hmm. Here's the text. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. From the days of John until now, somebody say until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Before some moron takes a clip out of a message and says that a preacher in Mauriceville is advocating violence, pick you up a Bible, learn what the words mean, put it in context, and we'll go from there. I get so sick of people that don't know hymns quoting scripture. Out of context. Because let me remind you, when it's out of context, it's a pretext. For pretentious people. It's a lie. Oh. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take us for, for all the prophets and the law the pro, uh, and the law prophesied until John, and if you will receive it, this is this is Elijah which is for which was for to come. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. But unto but who unto shall I liken this generation? Mm. It is like a children sitting in the markets and calling 
to their fellows and saying, we have piped to you. We've played music and you've not danced. And we've mourned to you and you have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he is a devil. Mm. I'm, just reading I'm just reading text right now. But I want you to understand when, you, when you're not defined by who the word of God says, they will, again, they will define you. And they said, that, and Jesus is declaring that, G, that John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say he's a devil. And the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, the man, son of man is gluttonous and a wine bibber. A friend to publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified for his children. What does that say? There's no winning with the world. If we didn't get any further than right there today, you need to look at me and understand. When you're trying to please everybody and trying to fit into this old fallen world as a believer, when you're trying to, to make this group like you and you don't want to be shunned by this group, and, the, and I'm going to say they're always going, they are always going to have something to say about you and they're not interested in the truth. They say of John that he, when he didn't eat that he, was, that he was a devil. When Jesus came eating, they said he was a glutton. And a drunk. And a friend of sinners. Jesus was the greatest friend a sinner ever had, but he wasn't hanging out at the bar. It says they said of him. Somebody look at me and understand. Before you get this twisted worldly view of who we are and who he is and what our role is, our role is the word of God. And we are defined by who he is and what he's done. They are going to say a lot of things. They are saying that we are the problem. They are saying that, that if, if it wasn't for us that everything would be fine. They are saying, they are saying everything. They are saying that we're the hateful. They are saying that we're the biggest. They are saying, they are saying, they are saying when all that they are saying is a lie. You, should, you don't ever have to. There's one thing I can tell you. If you will base your life on the Word of God and what it says is true, you will never have to apologize. You will never have to back up. You will never have to repent. You, will never, you, will, you won't have to do any do-overs because God will vindicate you. It is right. It is right. The Word, that word is truth. Come on, church. Where are you? That Word is truth. And he began to unbraid, abrade the cities and where most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffers violence. The violent take it by force. Amen. Heavenly Father, I need you today. Lord, send the preacher. The one that can cut to the heart. Lord, let me wield the sword of your word skillfully today. Lord, let it move past a personality or, or an ability to speak. But Lord, it make it an ability to hear what you would say to your people today. Use us, we pray, in Jesus' name.
Amen. And amen. From John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What does it even mean? First of all, you need to understand that the words violent here is talking about a, 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 a forceful action that must be taken. From the days from when John came out of the wilderness crying to, to repent and prepare you the way of the Lord and, and talking about the Savior of the world, that immediately the world began to force against the kingdom of God. You need to understand what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God. Jesus, when the, when the Son of Man was made manifest, the kingdom of God came to earth. And whenever, whenever he died, buried, and resurrected, and when he made a place for you and him, and when you accept him as Lord and Savior, and you become a part of the body of Christ, you became a part of the kingdom of God. The church, the, the, the body of Christ, is the kingdom of God on earth. We were put here to carry out the will of God. If you want to know what the meaning of your life is and what our purpose is, the purpose of life is to carry out, is to be like him and to carry out his will. And I'm going to tell you, church, it's time, it's high time you quit passively sitting by and waiting for God to work out all your problems because it's not a sit-back religion and a wait on God. It is an active religion that, that, that moves forcefully into this world. It's not a keep-it-at-home religion. It's not a keep-it-at-home, keep-it-between-yourself. That is a lie of the enemy. That is a lie of the society. That is a trick of the devil. That is an American idea that has invaded and is destroying the church and it's destroying your society you need to understand what the commission is the commission will dispel that lie immediately the, the commission is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature that is the commission that is the destiny that is the appointment that is the, the call to the body of Christ to the kingdom of God and it's not a timid call It's time the church stood up. It's time you stood up. It's time you got active. Amen. You need to understand that it's time you bombard heaven in prayer. A prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. If you want to know where the power of God is, hit your knees and start petitioning him. Ask him day and night, night and day. It was the, that was what he was talking about. He said there was a doctrine that flooded the, the church of America the last 60 years in the faith movement that said it was faithless when you ask God more than once for something. But I'm going to tell you the word of God says with the parable of the unjust judge. It says she came day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day. I'm going to tell you, seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. That is the call of God. You, you pray until. Pray until. Pray until. Pray until. What does it look like? That the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I remember a Canaanite woman in the Word of God that Jesus told of. You got to understand that a Canaanite woman was a Gentile, she was outside the covenant. And it says that she had a daughter that was demon possessed. Remember? 
And she come to Jesus and she began to inquire of him. She says, I have a daughter. He says, that you can touch my daughter. You can heal my daughter. You can, you can, you can come, you can help my daughter. And Jesus says it. He answered her, not a word. So she gave up and went home. Guess he wasn't all he was cracked up to be. No. And she says, she, she come back and says, Help my daughter. Help my daughter. Help my daughter. And the Son of Man said something really interesting to this Gentile. See, because the, the, when you read in the Word of God, it talks about the dogs. It's talking about the people outside the covenant. It's talking about the Gentiles. And Jesus Christ himself looked at her and he said, It's not meat that I should give the children's bread. The Word of God. That I, the living Word. He's the children's bread. He was the children's bread. He is the bread of life. It's not meat that I should give the children's bread to the dogs. People think he's insulted her, that Jesus was mean, that, and that Jesus is saying, hogwash. I can guarantee you it was a test and with a smile on his face. Because when that Canaanite woman heard those words, it's not meat that I should give the children's bread to the dogs. She looked at him and said, truth, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She said, I'm not asking for the loaf. <laughs> I'm just asking for a crumb. I'm talking about a persistence and an insistence that if I'll just keep after him, that I'll take whatever drops from his table and whatever it drops will be enough. Truth, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the mash. And it said that it stopped Jesus in his tracks. And that he stood in awe of her faith. A Canaanite woman, a Gentile, a heathen. And he said, greater faith than this have I not seen in all of Israel. He said, your daughter be made whole from this very hour. Because, why? Because she wouldn't give it up. Because she was forceful. Because she, because she knew that she could inquire of the one. That, that she wasn't passive. That she kept on keeping on. I read another account of a man named, we know him as Blind Bartimaeus. See, we just keep thinking because we name his name and we go to church that God's just going to do everything for us and we can just sit back and relax and then wonder why the world's falling apart all around us. It says, but there was a man named Bartimaeus that heard that Jesus was in town. Hallelujah. He couldn't see him. He heard it. He didn't know where he was at. He just heard the crowd. And it said that when, he, when the crowd started passing by, that he started saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, see, he couldn't see him. He didn't know where he was at. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it said he became an annoyance that the disciples in the crowd got annoyed with him and said, You need to pipe down. See, the people, when you start getting radical, when you start believing him, when you start, when you start taking back what belongs to you, and you start crying out, there'll be people, religious people around you that says you need to pipe down. He couldn't even see if he was there or gone at this point. But what did he do? He said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it said that Jesus stopped. He said, what would you have me do? And you ought to be specific. 
He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. See, we have this idea of Jesus is in town. He's just going to come by and take care of everything for you. Jesus just spoke the word. And a blind man could see. Oh, I, I come by to tell somebody. I, I remember another time when there was a lady that said that she'd been sick for years. I'm talking about the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence take and, and the violent take it by force. I'm talking about your active role in living for God. Seeing the miraculous, getting a life-changing situation, getting, seeing, seeing, seeing chill, rebellious children with the, the, the yoke of bondage broken off their, their back. I'm talking about a lost spouse that you think is a hopeless situation. I'm talking about kids that have bought the lie of perversion of this age that you think it is hopeless. I'm talking about when the society is lying about everything that you are, that you, if you, you will stay faithful, if you will believe the Word, if you'll be persistent, if you'll do everything that's required of you in the Word of God, that He will come through for you that he is looking for someone that will seek him he said seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart since he'd been sick for some 12 years and Jesus was in town it says she had suffered many things of many people spent all that she had and she didn't grow better whether she'd grow worse it said she said in her heart If I can just touch him, then I know that I'll be made whole. He don't have to stop and talk to me. I don't have to make the evening news. The evangel don't have to write an article around me. They ain't writing articles today. We don't have one. They, I, don't, I don't have to have any limelight. I don't even have to have any recognition. If I can just touch him, I know I'll be made whole. And it says this woman that was sick. The worst she'd been in her life, she'd gotten worse, not better. It says somehow she summoned the strength. It says that she pressed through the crowd. And without him ever seeing her coming, without her ever knowing that she was around, it says that she touched the hem of his garment. And it says when she touched him, Jesus stopped. And said, who touched me? And the disciples, the religious crowd was annoyed again. What do you mean who touched you? You're being thronged by the crowds. There's hands all over you. What do you mean who touched you? He said, oh no. When this touched, he said, I felt virtue. I felt power leave me. Who touched me? It says in the second that she touched him, she was healed in an instant the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force church we gotta quit waiting around on Jesus to stop and touch us because when he doesn't touch you you can touch him I'm, I'm convinced that in this world we're called to do what's possible I'm not talking about works-based religion. You couldn't have got saved in any way you'd have planned it without the blood of Jesus, without faith. 
You're saved by grace through faith. We're not talking about your salvation. We're not talking about, about, about uh, unbiblical power. We're talking about what it says that our role is. Our role is to believe him and act on it. That's called faith. Our, when, the, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Our role is to look, read the word, believe the word, understand our role, and to act on it. He's the God of the impossible. We're the people of the possible. We're waiting on him to do the impossible. We, we haven't even done what's possible. Listen, if you'll do what's possible, he'll do what's impossible for you. We need to go back to the old preacher said I we need to go back to the old preacher's mentality he said I've just come to the place where every day I'm gonna wake up and tell God you've got me on your hands here I am it's me again uh, it's time to stand up it's time to wake up it's time to be the church. It's time to take your place. Let me just ask you a real simple question while you're looking at me. Would one person in this room, anybody, don't be afraid. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just, I'm just curious. I want to know the truth. Is anybody in this room satisfied with the world around them? Does anybody think it's better than it was? Anybody? 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 Anybody, anybody, anybody? Is it better than it was a month ago? Is it better than it was a year ago? Is it better than it was five years ago? Is it better than it was 50 years ago? Is it better? Is there anybody here that can honestly say, because the media would have you to believe it's your imagination and you've got, you're better off than you've ever been? And you know what most of us say? Okay. And we'll, when we'll repeat it back to them. Mm -mm -mm. What time is it? I got time to get in hot water? Why don't you learn who you are? Why don't you learn what's true? You will never know what's true until you know the truth. Now or ever. Oh, it got quiet in the room. You might have to play louder or something. <laughs> you will never know what's true until you know what's true. Because then Jesus said, they say of John. He said, he didn't come eating and drinking. They say of John, he's a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. They say of him, he's a you can't win with the world. Church, you can't win with the world. You're trying to make nice, hoping you'll, you're going to win people by going along with them. All you're going to do is, is, is destroy your own faith. Y'all ain't hearing nothing. You don't understand it. Everybody loses if you're quiet. They're defining who you are. They beat us into a corner, making us believe that we're the problem. And the answer that you're looking for is going to be when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ stands up and takes its place. And it's going to. It's going to. It's going to. It's going to. 
It's going to. It's doing it. It's doing it. It's doing it. How do I know? Because the Word says so. Because the Word said He's coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, not one hiding in the corner, afraid of the media and afraid of the left-wing loons. Listen, I'm tired of being nice about all of it. They're left-wing loons. And if you're agreeing with them, you're on the road to, a, to death. That's right. That's right. You're on the road to death. I don't care what you say about it. Let me talk to you about, about when the truth becomes partisan. Does somebody hear me? The truth's not partisan. The, partisan. the truth doesn't answer to the United States of America, much less its political parties. Somebody ain't hearing me. Because right now, today, if you stand on what's biblically true, if you stand on what, what cannot be changed, if you stand up and what cannot be moved or shaken, then they're going to accuse you of being a right-wing loon that's, that, is, that is bowing down to the Republican Party. I'm going to tell you, the Republican Party has nothing to do with truth. There's nothing righteous in these parties. You're not hearing me. I will never again even insinuate apologizing for preaching what's true at MAG. Decide what's true. And because the world is always going to say they are something. But I'm, going to, I'm not going to answer to the world. I'm going to stand at the, at, the, at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for every word that's ever come out of my mouth. I'm going to give an account for, every, for the responsibility that he gave me as a minister. And I will not stand in the bread of, with, with blood on my hands. It's not happening. Had, let me give you an example. Preacher said to me, he says, you're awfully political. I say, how's that? Because I stand for what's true. He, he said, yeah. He said, you say this and you say that, talking about what's going on and what is based on the Word of God, what's true. And I said, well, what's political about that? He, I said, why don't you preach it? It's what the Bible says. He said, he said well, because uh, you know, the, the people might leave and the contributions might be down, and, and how, can, how can we reach them if they're not with us? I said, how can you reach them if you're not telling them the truth? What have you reached? You haven't reached anything if you're not telling them the truth. I said, so what you're telling me is that people leave, if you preach what's true, that the, pe that the, the people are part of your people are going to leave and part of the money is going to leave. And I'll ask you a question. Who's the politician, me or you? Amen. Who's the politician? They say of John. They say of the Son of Man. I say of the Word of God, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. You better learn to stand up and watch true. You better teach your babies what's true because I want to tell you your schools are. You say you're going to talk about that again? You better know that I'm going to say that again because you don't understand. You think because that you, you're in safe little small schools that they're not teaching your child a different worldview than what that book is. Now I'm going to tell you that the, that the formation of their worldview happens from when they're 5 to 12 years old. You, if, you're, if they're older than that, you're behind. And they're not going to let up and they're not going to ask you and they're not going to change their mind. That, that, and it's not up, believe it or not, it's not up to the school to raise your children. It's not even up to the Sunday school to raise your children. It's not up to the pastor to raise your children. It's up to you to raise your children. And if you want your children to make it, if you want your children to succeed, if you want your children to make heaven, you will teach them what is true and let God be true and every man a liar. Truth is not hateful. The truth will say, it's the truth that'll make you free. You ain't hearing me. 
Church, you've got to quit being passive. I'm talking to Mag. I'm not talking to her through that lens. If you're watching through the lens, it's for you too. But right now, I'm talking to Mag Church. You've got to get up and quit being passive. You've got to quit clapping for your preacher and going home and never saying a word. You've got to make up your mind who and what is true. Be persistent. Be consistent. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force never 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 give up every time I could go further it's getting late in the day every time and every time I take a step I, I take the risk of some of my own children turning on me for what's true I want you to look at me and understand something. I've counted the cost. I've counted the cost. And the only hope my children have from me is for their dad to, to stick with what's true. So when they've strayed, that they've got a place to come home to. That prodigal better thank God and she would have thanked God every day that when he, when he came to himself and come home that daddy was still where, right where he left him. That he didn't move. You ain't hearing me. I'll be right where, I'll be right where I'm grounded. I'll be anchored to the rock of ages. You ain't understanding. Oh, pastor, it's just a different world and we're going to have to go along with some of this garbage. There's a Greek word for that called baloney. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Some of you are discouraged. You're broken. Your heart hurts. Maybe you failed somewhere in your past. Maybe your children are just so far out there that you think it's hopeless. Maybe you've got a spouse that you just think is unreachable. Day and night. Night and day. Day and night. Night and day. Day and night. Night and day, day and night, night and day. Listen to me, day and night, night and day. Night. Do you want it? I want to ask you again, do you want it? Because there's, I know how some things are. Sometimes God, you, got, you get a little excited about something. You think, man, I'm going to really go after God about that. You pray about a week, nothing happens. You think, eh, I didn't really want it that bad anyway. The cost is eternal. Day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. You're not hearing me. Day and night, night and day. We just sung about the faithful God. Well, I, I, I shudder to say a few things because people always find it. You know, if it can be taken wrong, people will take it wrong. If, it can be, if, it, if you can be offended, you'll be offended. Dad, I get to talk to Dad, don't I? 
I'm, I'm dad. I, I can talk to dad. I love to see you pour it into your kids. I love to see them, you teaching them your trade. Teaching you to help work on the lawnmower, help mow the lawn, how to play ball. That's all good. That's all great. That's what you should do. It's part. But if, we, but if we're teaching them all of that and we don't teach them how to serve God, you failed. I'm talking to me. If, if, they, if they end up first round draft pick in 10 years and they don't and they and 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 everything's been worked around that everything's been worked around that their ball schedule and not and not the things of God you failed what profit a man to gain the whole world to lose his own soul mom's the same thing we're we're pouring into our little idols let me take those off because you know I do that because I'm blind as a bat and if I take those off, I can't see your face, can't see who's mad, can't see who's glad. I can just say what I want to because I can't see you. <laughs> We're pouring into our little idols, giving them everything they can, and they don't know a thing about the things of God. And then we wonder why we're where we're at. I'll echo John the Baptist. Repent. 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 That means change your direction and change your mind for the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm going to say some things that are frank. I don't know why Frank always gets the credit. <laughs> if the kingdom of God doesn't stand up. You, you got to understand that the word says they're going to. So that's not questioning God. I want you to understand something and look at me and understand it. When I was in Africa last week, I preached to Africans. Today I'm in America, so I'm going to preach to Americans. Because that's where, that's, that's where the ministry is right here. You, hear, you understand? That we've came to the place that we, that we believe that, that America cannot fail. And I'm going to tell you, look, it's not, it's not Glenn Beck junk. It's not Alex Jones stupidity. It's not whatever flake that whatever flaky prophets on YouTube today with long hair and goofy pronunciations. I'm not against long hair. I'm kind of clue you in to some of the stupid people you're listening to. America is literally on the verge of collapse. That's not hyperbole. And I don't think most of us even understand that or can comprehend what that means. I'm telling you what he said, that what he's always done, he done for Israel. See, we've got this goofy idea. That, see, what God, we think that God judged Israel, but he won't judge us. 
They're the apple of his eye, and we're just grafted in. And when they were idolatrous, when they turned their back on him, he done whatever it took to shake them. Our society is grinding to a stop around us. It's 12.05 if you're taking medicine. If you need to get up and go, head out. I'm going to tell you, that's just how I feel anymore right now. This is serious. If you've got to go, go. Right, you're not going to bother anybody. Head out. We can't stock our shelves, Dalton. Why for, for 245 years could we stock our shelves, but all of a sudden in, the, in, in 2020 and 21, we can't stock our shelves anymore? We got, uh, I, I, the airlines are on the verge of collapse all over the world. Let me tell you something. You think that's not important. If the airlines collapse, the world collapses. I promise you that. I don't think you even get that. I just read before I walked back in here where I was just at, that, that Amsterdam Airport, the largest and busiest airport in Europe, to just told the United States you can sell no tickets to this airport through July because we can't handle the traffic. We're on the verge of collapse. We were just there. We were delayed, nearly missed everything in the world, still hadn't got 200 pounds of baggage. Who knows where it's at? It's because they're on the verge of collapse, every one of them. All of a sudden, we can't, we, we can't, we can't fill a supply chain. We can't grow enough food. We can't organize. We can't manage. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. There's a supernatural event happening where everything that can be shaken will be. This is not political. Joe Biden can't fix it, and neither could Donald Trump. You hear me? Well, in case you've jumped ship or whatever, DeSantis can't fix it either. This is not a political fix. There's not a governor. There's not a House of Congress. There's not a court. There's nothing that can fix it. Because what has happened is God is confusing the minds of the people that ought to know what they're doing. All of a sudden, we don't know how to live, and we don't know how to manage, and we don't know how to supply. He's done it before, and he's doing it again. That's right. Because we've had our faith in a government and in our parties rather than in the God of Israel. That's right. Rather than in Jehovah God. And you, will, and you will have no other God before him. If he has to bring it all down to save you. You think that's not true? When they, whenever he was the risen Savior and they were still running to the temple, he said, he said, hear me. The time is coming when there will be not one stone laying upon the other. He said, you want to worship in this place and not worship me? I'll tear it down. Now, I come to preach. I've come to preach. It's going to be God that preserves you. It's going to be God that feeds you. And all the little hillions that think the preacher's funny and that mom and dad's standards are ridiculous, it's going to be mom and dad's house that comes, you're going to come to the prison because, you, because your smart little hind end can't feed yourself. I want to talk in terms you understand. I'm not here to, I'm not here to make friends or be pretty. Uh, ten days ago, I knew that I was coming to this point. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violence, take it by force. It will be because you forcefully stand on what God has said.
that you assert yourself on what God has said. It, well, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a shaken reed. They said. He said to the people of John the Baptist, "What did you run into the wilderness to see a shaking reed? I'll never be a shaking reed. Never, 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 never." Church, the call is to you. Wife, pray for that husband. Pray for that husband. Pray for that husband. Pray for that husband. Somebody's not hearing me. Pray for that husband. Husband, pray for that wife. Mom and dad, pray for those kids. Pray for those kids. Pray for those kids. And do more than that. Model the lifestyle of Jesus in front of them. They don't believe you. If you come into church on Sunday and you've lived like hell Monday through Saturday, they don't believe you. They don't believe you when, they, when, you, when you're, oh, oh, I'm trying to stop, but I can't because this is real. You don't want your baby to be addicted. How many of you want their kids to be addicted? And you're telling them that you're going to do this if, you, if I catch you out drinking. I'm going to do that if I catch you smoking dope. I'm going to do this if I catch you with the drug dealer. And all the while they're looking at your filth in the back of the refrigerator. They don't believe you. Are you hearing me, church? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Pray. Seek. Live. Go after it. It, de it's, it depends on you. Live it in front of them. Don't be quiet to avoid. You ain't quiet about anything else. You ain't hearing me. We'll avoid conversations at the dinner table because you don't want an argument, but you'll literally argue over everything else. You'll literally go to war over who's in the stupid White House, but you won't argue over what's true. And the word says for you not to argue over stupid, vain, babbling things. All those things are stupid and vain, babbling things. But you won't stand for what's true because your baby might be mad at you. Church, I told Heather, I told him in Africa, I'm telling you, you've heard me say it a thousand times. There's one thing about me. When I came, I came preaching. So if you're here, you know what to expect. And there's one thing you'll never have to worry about because I'm going to preach you to fill it up or empty it out. And if the word, if, if the, but the word will fill it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Let me tell you something, church. There's people all over this house that's just now getting hungry. I didn't come to apologize for full gospel doctrine that, that, that it's God's plan for every believer to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to walk in His power. And I'm going to tell you, when, when, just because you didn't receive the first time you walked up, keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking. I'm all about an altar call. God's done a lot of great things for me in the altar, but I'm going to tell me He's not limited to His space around the front. God can do anything that's within His power wherever you're at. He can baptize you in the Holy Ghost in your bathtub. I know a lady was baptized in her bathtub. I know another preacher that was baptized driving down the street had to pull over because he couldn't see 
He can baptize you right where you're at. He can heal you right where you're at. He can break your addiction right where you're at. If you'll reach out to him, if you'll believe him, if you will, if you will make up your mind that you're going to take it forcefully, I'm going to tell you that the things of God, he promised them to you, they're already yours. Reach out and take it. Quit waiting on him to give it. It's already given. It's already given. Listen to me, church. It's already given. Listen to me. It's already given. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. I love the altar. But I'm going to tell you the biblical model, the book of Acts model is while he yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell. That is the model. He is, it is, he will, he will, anywhere you're hungry, anywhere you'll touch him, anywhere he's passing by. If you, the Barnabas done it in the streets. The lady with the issue of blood done it at the street. The lady at the well done it at the, at the well at a shunned reject of the society. And he met her at the well. He'll meet you wherever you're at. If you will go after him, 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 go after him. Stand, stand, stand. Take it, take it, take it. Stand for what's true all over this house. Stand with me this morning. The hour's desperate. I preach like I preach because the hour is desperate. I've come to the place that I don't care if people like it or leave because the hour is desperate. I don't have time to play games. You don't have time to play games. You're not even promised your next breath. We don't have time to play games. The world is falling apart around us. You don't have time to play games. America is coming apart at the seams. You've only, only began to see the fallout of the last two weeks. You haven't even, I, listen to me. There, nobody's sounding the alarms yet because they're double checking. But I personally know two pastors this week, one north of Lufkin, one in McAllister of Oklahoma, that their churches were burned to the ground last week. One of them a polling place on election day. Oh, shock, coincidence, can't believe it. You're just beginning to see. You've only just begun. It's only just begun. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? It's not a scare tactic. It's not even scary to the child of God. It's not even scary to the child. I'm not scared. Sam asked me every once in a while, I said, are you trying to save America? I know what he means. Are you trying to save the church? No. We understand each other. I'm not trying to save America or the church. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save your children. I'm trying to save your grandchildren. I'm, I'm preaching my guts out and letting the chips fall where they may for you and your children and my children. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Help us, God. Heavenly Father, I ask right now by your spirit that the wind begin to blow right now, even now. That you would send the one. Well, he's already been sent. That Lord, that you would make yourself known in hearts and lives all over this building now and later, by now, live and by live stream. Lord, that you would take the feeble attempt at conveying your truth 
But Lord, that you would use it to cut to the heart, to cut to the quick, to cut through the soul, to cut through the garbage. Lord, that it would cut all the way through to a place of repentance. Lord, that, you, that there would be called out ones all over this room, all over these airwaves, all over this region, that they would begin to stand up in the, in the power and the strength of your Spirit, that they would begin to stand up and take back what's been stolen, that they would begin to stand up and make a cry of intercession, that they would begin to stand up and make an appeal to heaven for their home, that they would begin to stand up and make an appeal to heaven for their marriage, that they would begin to stand up and make an appeal to heaven towards their classroom, that they would begin to stand up and make an appeal to heaven towards the church that they would begin to stand up and make an appeal to heaven for everything that is holy that they would begin to be a witness in the darkness that they would begin to stand up and take back what's been stolen all over this country all over this land in their own family that they would begin to stand up for one that is true and when you stand up for the one that is true the one that is true will come in and empower beyond your wildest imaginations and do things in you that you can never dream. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us to stand up. That you would give us the will to stand up. That you would give us the power to stand up. Lord, that you would begin to manifest your glory in your church and in your people and that signs would follow the word of God and that you would confirm your word with signs following. Lord, that you would one more time strengthen and build and and pour out a, a miraculous miracle in our midst. Lord, that you would reform this albatross called the American church. We pray all over this house, all over this house. I don't even going to open my eyes because it's not for me. I want you to, re- to by an uplifted hand and a praise to heaven to begin to declare if it's you that I will begin to stand up from this day forward. I will bombard heaven that from this day forward to be day and night and night and day, night and day, day and night that I will intercede for my spouse. I will intercede for my children. I will intercede for my schools. I will intercede for my church. I will intercede for my city, my county, my region, my state, my country. It's me. It's me. It's not up to anybody else. Nobody owes me anything. God, it's me. It's me. You gave me the responsibility. You gave me the responsibility. You gave me the responsibility. I'll no longer wait passively. I'll no longer wait for somebody else to pray for my family. I'll no longer wait for anybody else to pray for my church. That I will come before you night and day and day and night. It's me. It's me. It's me. I'll fight the fight. I'll stand in the battle. I'll stand for what's right. It's me. God sees you and sees your heart. It's not for the church. It's not for the pastor. To this morning, you're standing before him. He sees your heart. It's me. It's me. It's me. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. 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 Will you stand? I don't mean you're standing. I mean will you stand? Will you stand? Will you stand? 
Will you stand? I'm praying for an all-out, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost outpouring at Mag Church. Mag Church is for this region. Mag Church is for this area. Mag Church is a city that's set on a hill. Mag Church has been called, appointed, and destined for a time such as this. Not, not for denominational pride or the sign that's on the door, but as the last hope for a lost and dying world in this area that I will stand, I will preach, I will get, and the people will allow the Spirit of God to move. They're going to stand for righteousness. We can make a difference. We will make a difference. We will make a difference. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's late. Just to tell you bye. I was thinking about something yesterday. It's a real simple little ditty that we used to sing growing up. It's in the hymn book. God forbid. You know, we can't do that anymore. I remember when I was a kid, there was a little something that used to get into the soul of men when we would sing it. I knew when we sung it, the church was over. How many of you ever remember a time when you knew there were some things that would happen in a service that you knew church was over? There's going to be more of you going to know about that before it's all over. God has a way of manifesting in a service that it just becomes about Him and the rest is over. But we used to sing a little song and then about the fourth time through, sometimes you've got to get it about the fourth time through because it gets from here to here. But then the, first, the verse would say, When pangs of death seize o'er my soul, and to the Lord I cried, till Jesus came and made me whole, I would not be denied. And the course was, I would not be denied. Lord, I would not be denied. Till Jesus came and made me whole, I would not be denied. It says, like Jacob in the days of old, I wrestled with the Lord. But instant, with a courage bold, I stood upon his word. You know why? I would not be denied. I would not be denied. And it says, oh, Satan said, my Lord was gone and would not hear my prayer. But praise the Lord, the work is done, and Christ the Lord is here. And then we would begin to sing, I would not be denied. And then the, all of a sudden, like somebody flipped the switch somewhere in the middle of all of it. Somebody would realize the things that they had been petitioning God for, that they were no longer going to be denied. That the cry of their heart began to be, I'm going to ring the bells of heaven until heaven answers. I would not be denied. I'm going to tell you, Andrea, I will not be denied. Scott, I will not be denied. I will not be denied. I will not be denied. I hear you got to sing it. When pains of death seized on my soul, and to the Lord I cried, then Jesus came and made me whole. I would not be denied. Sing it. Oh, I would not be denied. Yes, I would not be denied. Till Jesus came and made me whole. Sing the first verse again. I would not be denied. Oh, when pains of death seized on my soul, and to the Lord I cried. Oh, then Jesus came and he made me whole. Somebody needs to get it in your spirit. Just tell him, I will not be denied. Oh, I will not be denied. Oh, I would not be denied. 
Till Jesus came and he made me whole, I would not be denied. Oh, Satan said my Lord was gone and would not hear my prayer. Oh, but praise the Lord, the work Somebody needs to understand the work is done. He's here. Oh, I would not be denied. Somebody needs to tell him I will not be denied. I not be denied. Till Jesus came and he made me whole. I would not be denied. Oh, yes, I would not be denied. Oh, I would not be denied. Jesus came and he made me whole. I would not be denied. There's somebody going to leave here with a renewed spirit. You're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The cry of your heart now is, I would not be denied. By the way, he's not going to deny you. I'm not going to be denied my children. I'm not going to be denied my spouse. I'm not going to be denied a move of God. I would not be denied. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck as we sing. Sing it. Oh, I would not be denied. Yes, no, I would not be denied. Till Jesus came and he made me whole. I would not be denied. 